Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And welcome to this Fireside Folklore episode of Stories of Scotland. I'm Annie, a beautiful cow. And I'm Jenny, a curse. And in this episode, we're looking at how to curse and uncurse your cow. I feel like if we had a bingo card for this podcast, every square would just be about cow cursing. (laughs) (laughs) It actually would be as well. It'd be like cow cursing and the dolphin noise. (laughs) for anyone new to the podcast as part of the lore (laughs) when i first met jenny her only strong point that she could offer me was this dolphin noise (laughs) and it got me a podcast so i don't know what you're complaining about (laughs) it's worked for me so far (laughs) up until a few hundred years ago rural scotland just seemed to be all about casting spells on livestock abracadabra (laughs) it's Magic. I'm about to hoof it off this show. (laughs) (laughs) We came across this first piece of folklore whilst researching our last Fireside Folklore episode on fairy dogs. Annie, what can I do with a gold ring, a silver coin and the tooth of a fairy dog? You can make some jewellery to sell on your Etsy. Unfortunately, no, I got banned from Etsy. But not to worry, for these are the ingredients for a magic spell that will lift a curse on sick cattle. That would have been my second guess right there, Jenny. (laughs) It's in the title of the podcast, so it makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) This is a story as told by Donald Macaulay of Stornoway about his mother, Effie, who had two cows. There was an unspoken consensus in the Outer Hebrides that you don't mess with people's cows. Cows are not just beautiful, they're also valuable livestock. And a good cow will often add more worth to your life than a MacBook Pro. 
Effie's lovely cows had been struck ill with an unknown disease and she was deeply concerned. Not only because she cared for her cows, but also because she knew that such illnesses do not just appear out of nowhere. You see, Effie was suspicious that this mystery illness was the result of a curse. Lesser superstitious folks would tell her that this idea was nonsense. Sometimes bad luck just means sick cows. But more superstitious folk, who are the funnier but less predictable variety of folk to be around, agreed with Effie and warned her that her cows had been put under an evil spell by a malicious witch. And as Effie looked upon her poor coos, with shadows clinging to their big beautiful eyes and not a drop of milk coming from their udders, she realised that immediate action was necessary, else her bovine besties were sure to succumb to this horrible disease. If there had been a local vet, Effie would have gone to the vet, but alas, these were the days before such luxuries. So instead, she went to the next best thing, a wee old man who lived in Holm. But this wee old man was rumoured to hold the secrets of arcane magic. In her desperation, she would accept any wisdom this man could give forth, and so she hustled over to his house. But before she had even knocked upon the door, it swung open. Inside, the wee old man, who was wizened by age and fittingly wizardly, bestowed upon Effie an artefact of such great power that she could feel it emitting potent strength from the moment it touched her hand. There, in her palm, lay a single tooth. But this was not just any common dentistry extraction. This was the tooth of none other than a fairy dog. The man explained to Effie, Your cows most certainly have been cursed, and to save them, ye must drop this tooth, along with a gold ring and a silver coin, into the drinking trough of the coos. It adds a unique flavour to the water. Think iron brew, but with higher quality metals. The witch who has cursed your coos will come to your house early in the morning, asking to borrow a needle. Do not, under any circumstances, give this cow-cursing coward anything made of metal. Like magpies, witches love shiny metals, and she will use this needle to prick her evil curses into all and everything you love. Thanking the wise old man profusely and promising him much butter if her cows survived, Effie walked back to her farm as fast as her aching legs would carry her. When she reached home, she took the wizard's mysterious instructions and followed them to the letter, making her cows a curious canine tooth-infused cocktail. She added the silver coin, the gold ring and finally the fairy dog tooth into the trough before heading to bed and hoping with all her heart that it worked. The next day, to her shock, Effie's cows were looking only half cursed. 
for one cow was mooing merrily, skipping with joy and awaiting milking, but unfortunately the other cow was still looking rather miserable. Just as Effie was admiring the semi-effectiveness of the fairy dog-tooth charm, a knock came at her door. It was her dishevelled neighbour begging to borrow a needle. Effie refused, pretending that she didn't have any needles. And so the neighbour instead pleaded for a pin. But again, Effie politely pretended that she had already lent all her pins to her other neighbour. As soon as the neighbour left muttering about being displeased, Effie's second cow seemed to turn a sudden corner and it too started to look much healthier and happier. And now Effie had a new story to tell at the farmer's market. A tale about her cursed cows, the perils of lending out your sewing supplies, and the power of fairy dog teeth. This is a new type of story, Jenny. Get it on the Stories of Scotland cow-cursing bingo card ASAP. You know, I'm not joking. We should actually do a cow-cursing bingo draw on our Patreon. The top prize is an uncursed cow, and the second prize is a pail of warm milk. Those are some solid and liquid prizes, Jenny. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) But I have to say, Annie, if, heaven forbid, your cow is cursed, you had better hope you have a fairy dog tooth to hand. Because the other remedy I found for alleviating such a curse is nowhere near as rosy. Because in the fairly likely chance that you do not have a fairy dog tooth handy, it is advised that you collect a pail of the cursed cow's dung from the buyer and bring it into your house. Then you are to stoke a large fire fling open all of your windows and collect half an ounce of pins. You must then add the pins into the pail of poop, place the pail over the fire and stir it thoroughly as it boils. You are to continue this until the witch who cursed your cow pops up at one of the windows and asks to stop being tormented, presumably by the abhorrent smell wafting from your house. Yeah, I mean, the real curse is that attempt at a cure, Jenny. (laughs) But that is really interesting because, as in the story that you told, the cursing culprits are often the neighbours of the people whose livestock has fallen ill. They are accused of placing curses upon the healthy cows of their neighbours in retaliation for a perceived insult or jealousy or sheer malice. So it makes sense that the awful smell wafting from your house would reach them and torment them. That being said, if your neighbour was boiling a pail of cow dung, I think it would be really hard not to go around and complain, even if you hadn't been the one who had placed a wee curse upon the poor coo. Well, fear not, Annie, because to save you having to resort to these pungent measures in the first place, there are many ways in which you can protect your coos from being cursed. Some farmers would pay their local witch an annual visit and gift them tobacco or cheese or butter or even silver so that the witch would not curse their livestock in the coming year. Excellent. It's essentially a precautionary bribe to ensure free-flowing milk. Yeah, exactly. Think of it as like ye oldie milk mafia that this witch (laughs) is running. (laughs) 
There's a nice wee story about a minister who lived in the manse of Sanquar in Dumfries. The minister's old churn, which had known many fine buttery delights, was suddenly unproductive. No matter how much it turned and churned, not a tiny pat of butter could be made from the cream they put in it. And this made the minister distressed, because he loved making shortbread for all his parishioners, and without butter, shortbread is just a very sad biscuit. The minister's man sat next to the river Nith, and this gave the minister a great idea. He told his young kitchen servant that she had to take the butter churn and carry it across the river, for the blessed waters would surely lift any curse from the precious churn. The lass did as she was asked, and she carried the churn right across the river Nith, whilst also asking herself why the minister couldn't have got his own holy feet wet, but nevertheless she completed the journey and brought the churn back. However, once she returned and dried off and attempted to make some lovely butter, it still would not churn. The minister was lost. His main cure-all for cursed churns hadn't worked. And so he turned to his wife despairing about their lack of buttery butter. Luckily for the minister, his wife was a very sensible woman, and she came up with a solution. She baked two loaves of bread and poured some milk into a bottle. She then traded one of the loaves of bread for a pat of butter with her neighbour. Finally, she wrapped the remaining loaf of bread, put it in a wee basket with the milk and butter, and sent it to the mysterious woman who lived at Crowick Mill for it was believed by some in the community that this woman was a witch. This gift, wrapped in goodwill and understanding, melted the heart of the alleged witch. And not only was she suspected to have magical powers, she was also an actual expert carpenter. And, as a thanks for the gift, she took a look at the cursed churn and saw that its handle needed fixed. This she did and she sent it back to the manse. And from that day on, the minister's churn sang its buttery song every morning, once again ensuring that the minister could make his own shortbread. And, after learning the ways of the world from his wife, he would often send a few of his best buttery biscuits to the nice women who lived at the Crawwick Mill. Alongside this story, there was also a little bit of writing that said that there was a woman who had lived in this place and people thought that because she lived alone that she was a witch, but she never told them otherwise because she enjoyed that they kept sending her these little gifts. <laughs> She's profiting on people's prejudice about her. So, you know, take, take what you can, lady. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again, though, we see that keeping your local suspected witch on your side brings nothing but buttery benefits. Yep. However, if you couldn't afford to be protected this way, you could also burn some juniper and put the singed remains in the cow's tail. Or you could sprinkle some stale urine on the doorposts around the byre to keep away the evil eye and probably the evil nose as well. Your cow's collar should always have some rowan in it, as should your milk pail and your churn, for rowan wards off witches like no other would. There have also been several magical charm stones found in the ruins of many a cattle buyer, 
and these are thought to have been to protect our dearest dairy darlings. And again, Annie, this is why my rock collection is an absolute winner. And finally, a horseshoe nailed to the buyer door, as well as some tar smeared on there too, will surely keep the curses out. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. As useful as this advice is and practical for my everyday life, <laughs> I'm not really sure that I need it right now because my story is from a slightly different perspective. It follows the tale of the Cursor of the Cows. <gasps> what a dastardly devil, Annie. There is never a concrete cause to curse a cow. Never. <laughs> what if the curse on your cow is alliteration? Absolutely appalling. <laughs> and I'm against any alliteration at all. <laughs> Hang on a wee minute, Jenny, and see what you think. Because this story is nuanced. <laughs> it takes place up in Shetland after a dreadful storm. The seas had churned like a butter churn wildly all night, and many ships were wrecked on the rocky coasts. One such ship was from Norway, and from its total destruction, a desperate lone survivor washed ashore. This poor man, Olav, climbed up from the coast to a wee house and he knocked on their door rapidly. Now inside the house we've got a happy wee family. Let's call them the Andersons. They had their fire burning, their stew cooking, and they could look out the window and see their cow happily mooing in the field where Mama Anderson was milking. There was nothing more that a family could want. However, their peace was interrupted when they heard the sudden and rushed knock on the door. Papa Anderson opened it to see the sorry sight of Olav before him. At the hope of warmth and rest, Olav pleaded in his Norwegian accent. Please, will you help me? I've just been shipwrecked and I have nothing but the clothes on my own back. However, Papa Anderson was a suspicious man, especially because of Olaf's suspicious Norwegian <laughs> accent. And he took one look at Olaf and he squinted his eyes and then shook his salt and pepper head. We can't take in strays said Papa Anderson, still eyeing poor Olaf with great misgivings. 
I beg you. Plead it all, Av. Just an hour by the fireplace to warm up and a drink of some fresh water, please. However, Papa Anderson was a man who had experienced too much badness in the world to let his own goodness out again. In this sodden stranger, he saw a pirate, and he would give no aid to a common criminal. Get away from here, you cursed beggar. Papa Anderson bellowed and slammed the door in Olaf's face. If you don't help me, you won't prosper. <laughs> Olaf warned, clearly a cursed man, for he had already turned from Norwegian to Irish. But Papa Anderson inside was not listening. That door was staying firmly shut. Now, Papa Anderson had been partially right. Olav, in his times, had perhaps committed a little piracy here, a little ship shenanigans there. However, haven't we all lived a life of shadow and light? Haven't we all done a couple of things we may regret? Yet, doesn't everyone deserve a little compassion after surviving a shipwreck with nothing but the clothes on their backs? I think so, yes. Olav who seems to have turned into a wheeled woman, may have been a pirate, but without a ship or a sword, he was just another person in hard times. However, clearly he would receive no hospitality here, so sadly Olav trudged away. Papa Anderson's children wanted to sneak out and give Olav a wee bowl of stew, But Papa Anderson caught them and scorned them against giving any stew to strangers. Just as he was leaving, Olav walked past Mama Anderson, who was milking the cow. Pardon me, ma'am. Is there any chance I could bother you for a sip of milk and rest in your cow byre? Inquired Olav in a strained accent because his vocal cords had been damaged by the shipwreck and the night of swallowing the seawater. Not in my days would I give a sip of milk to a miscreant like you, hissed Mama Anderson, who barely looked up from the cow's udders. If you don't help me, you won't prosper, Olaf repeated, but Mama Anderson and her cow took no notice at all. Olaf sighed and wandered away in search of another house, but he found none, and he found nowhere to shelter, and so, in despair, he returned to the beach where he had washed up. And as he sat on the beach feeling sorry for himself, he noticed a big grey head appear out of the water, and then he saw its speckled belly as it wriggled onto the shore. It was a seal who swam ashore and lay beside Olav. Olav was too tired to move, so he just remained there with the seal for company. And then, who would have guessed it? Another face appeared in the water, and another seal joined Olav on the shore. Before he knew it, he was surrounded by seals, all looking at him with their intense black eyes. Then one seal nudged Olav with a flipper. Olav edged away to give the seal a little bit more space. But instead, the seal beckoned him to come closer, and that's what he did. And would you believe it, with a flair for the dramatic, the seal burst into a beautiful and perfectly in-tune song. 
I hold a secret for you on this shore. Your heart, it did stop to beat no more. But we took your body just in time and rewrote your future in the salty brain. Arr, pirate man wants to screw to the sea. A silky you are and a silky you'll be. Gifting you freedom from your crimes of the past. You move to a new rhythm of ocean fast. A sulky with less ambition to be in the creative industries politely explained that Olaf had indeed died in the shipwreck the night before. However, the Selkies, the sea people who lived as seals in water and humans on land, had found Olaf's body just before his soul had moved on to the other world. And so the Selkies had asked the space where the moonlight hits the sea for her power and she responded with a gift for the pirate. He was reborn, saved from drowning, but for a different life than what he had before. Shocked and confused, Olaf trusted these eccentric yet empathetic seals with a flair for Amdram. Olaf stripped off his human clothes and tried on his new seal skin. It fit him like a dream, and he joined the other Selkies to go out fishing. However, Olav the Selkie never forgot the Anderson family who had cruelly rejected him when he still thought of himself as human. And Olav held a grudge. So once a year he would return to the coast and look up at the Anderson's family house. He would lift his great seal flipper and slap it against the water, and in an instant one of their cows would drop dead. (gasps) The Andersons became known only for their cursed cows, and this was all because they once did not help a mariner in need. There you go, Jenny. Turns out the best way not to end up with a cursed cow is just to be kind to people. I don't know, Annie. I'm not sure I would let a pirate in my house either. Actually, now that I think about it, I totally would. (laughs) Even if that pirate had a really strange accent, Jenny. Honestly, all the more endearing. Get in here. Bring your pals. (laughs) Bring your rum. (laughs) And that's why all your cows are healthy, Jenny. (laughs) My final thoughts on cow cursing is the question why... Of all the being, all the creatures, all the animals who could be cursed, why choose the cud-chewing cow? When we delve deeper into cow cursing, it becomes apparent. Before the days where we could just go and buy butter and milk from the local shop, the cow was an emblem of wealth and sustenance. The curse that strikes the cow is really striking at the heart of a rural family's wealth. So, my question to you, Jenny, is the cow still representative of this wealth in Scottish life? Or should curses be directed at another cornerstone of our existence? I mean, isn't a computer virus just a curse for your MacBook Pro? I don't know, Annie. From the Highland cow to Aberdeen Angus, and from Cranachan to shortbread, there's a lot that cows still contribute to our culture today. Cows give Scotland a uniquely mooey identity and a bounty of delicious treats. And 
thanks to all of our curious cursing comprehension, we can now collectively keep our coups uncursed. And on that note, thanks so much for listening to this wee Fireside Folklore episode. If you like our lore and Jenny's accents, check out our Patreon, where for the price of a box of butter, we put up wee stories. We've just put up one about fox and wolf folklore, so please do join our Patreon if you can. It means that we can continue making this podcast and keep our creative milk flowing. Until next time, we hope your cows remain uncursed. And your butter always curdles. Slangeva. Slangeva. And a good cow will often add more worth to your life than a MacBook Pro. I genuinely spent so long trying to think up something else that would like bring more value to my life than MacBook Pro, and I was like, I don't know if I could. I don't know if there is anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that just shows how hollow our lives are, Jenny. Right. <laughs> and funny it is. It's like more value than a MacBook Pro, and you're like, no, I do everything with my MacBook. That is my yeah. life. Hey Jenny, do you know what's really disappointing about the cow cursing Selkie story? Is it the song, Annie? (laughs) No, the song was great, Jenny. (laughs) Was it my accent, Annie? (laughs) (laughs) No, your accent was beautiful, Jenny. I was just thinking, if I was going to write folklore about a cow cursing sea creature, I would use mermaids instead of selkies, and then I'd call it a mermaid. I think that's fine, um, but you could also have a dairy mermaid <laughs> instead of a dairy maid. Uh, but I do think my one pales in comparison to yours, so we'll stick with mermaid. <laughs> Oh no, Jenny, you're just churning up drama. You're being utterly ridiculous over there. (laughs) This makes my milk curdle. It's making me lactose intolerant. I'm going to hang up now. (laughs) Hoof it. I just want you to know that there's going to be a lot of alliteration in this episode just for you, Jenny. (laughs) Plead it all, Av. George, I have no idea what a Norwegian sounds like. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> I feel like I'm taking away from the gravity of Olaf's situation. <laughs> okay. And would you believe it? With a flair for the dramatic, the seal burst into a beautiful and perfectly in-tune song. I feel like you've really done me dirty in this episode, Annie, is all I'm going to say, all right? I have. I've done you so dirty. At least it doesn't have a Norwegian accent. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't help me, you won't prosper. Olaf Warren, suddenly turning Irish. I mean, (laughs) the Irish is closer to a Norwegian accent than my actual one. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.